everyone, welcome to Inky Expressions, and I'm your host, Annabelle. Today, we're going to talk about a very interesting book. Nine people gather at a remote health resort and hope to seek mental and physical reset. Some are here to lose weight, and some are here to get a reboot of life, while others are here for reasons that they can't even admit to themselves, while others are just here hoping to get healing after a family tragedy. At the helm of this transformative resort is director Masha, who promises to heal, detox, and reform each guest using unorthodox yet rewarding methods. The whole program will take 10 days. What's going to happen? Just like you, I also really want to know about the story. So today, I'm very excited to invite my friend Mia to come to the show to talk about this book with us. Hi, Mia. Hi. Okay. (laughs) So glad to be here. Yeah. So the first question is, can you tell me what initially drew you to this book? Um, I remember I first picked up this book at um, a bookstore in NYU. I think I was just wandering around and I just felt like reading some kind of mystery. So then I went to the mystery section and like this is like kind of like a thriller, I guess. So I guess I just like picked it up and yeah, I got like kind of addicted to it. I think I finished it in like two days. <laughs> wow. What did you think about it? I think at first when I thought about it, it was kind of just like a what you might call like, you know, a popcorn like book read where it was kind of just like oh it's like kind of lightly entertaining and you just like read so and you just like you know skim and you kind of like skim it but then I think when I started like thinking back on it and I like reread it a little bit I think I started like seeing some like deeper messages in there that I might not have seen when I was like first reading just for entertainment. You mentioned that this book was set in a health resort. My mom watched the tv adaptation a couple years ago and she told me that the resort was full of trees and that it reminded her about the Wizard of Oz. Could you describe this place to us? And how does the setting contribute to the story's development? If I remember correctly, I think in the book, it was kind of like, not necessarily, like it was sort of like a, it was like one of those like leisure resorts where you like sign up and like, I remember they're describing the application process for this resort. It's like you check things that you want to work on. Do you want to like lose weight? Do you want couples counseling or whatnot? And like, or do you just want to like take a break? Is this like a family vacation? All that kind of stuff. So I think it's sort of like a, I guess you could say it's kind of like a tropical resort, but it's more like catered towards the guest needs, I think. And I think in the TV adaptation, I have a lot of issues with TV adaptation, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> oh, so basically just like a chill place? Yeah, it's like a chill place. It's kind of like a customized place, I guess. They have like, you know, customized treatment for the guests. Because like, you know, there's this whole place and there's only nine people so they can like, you know, cater to each person's wants and needs. The director of Tranquilium, or say the owner, is Masha. She undergoes a significant transformation. How do you think her past as a corporate CEO influences her role at Tranquilium House? What kind of person do you think Masha is? Honestly, I feel like she's just one of those people who like, you know, she went through some really hard times. Like in a TV adaptation, they make her seem like insane, which is like not really the point. They also make her backstory getting shot. It doesn't really like happen in the book. I think for this part, like when they're going over Masha's backstory, it's like kind of like a muddled sort of like description of like her whole past. She was like, she had like a baby or something and then she like lost her whole family or something. So she like became a corporate CEO and then she was like insanely obese or something and then she had a heart attack and then like they had to and then she was inspired by the heart surgeon who saved her because she was like oh look at that it's a healthy you know woman in like power who can like you know she can like do all of this stuff she can like gain money and power but like not be like you know living a super unhealthy lifestyle and i think she was just very inspired by that she's like a very kind person at her core i think but um just like the way she exhibited i think she just got a little bit annoyed (laughs) everyone in the resort was kind of like you know, rebelling against her or they was just like, oh, they just didn't want to listen to her. And then 
Obviously, I think she went a little too far. She's it's like she gives them smoothies every day, and she's been like mixing drugs and stuff into the smoothies to like make them feel happy or whatnot. Because he's against it, but he like confirmed that it should be healthy. So like she wasn't trying to kill them or anything. But I think yeah, just like her, she was very nice. Her methods were just too extreme. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I know it might be hard for you to recall the names of the nine perfect strangers, but all of these nine people came here from different places and different backgrounds. Their goals are the same, though, to get healed. You described the first half of the resort experience as a nice break for them. What insights do you think this part of the story offers about nature and challenges of true personal transformation? Okay, I'm gonna be honest. So, th- out of the nine people, most of them are here for like you know recovery and stuff. There's this one guy, the gay lawyer, all Lars Lee, who was basically like, like even Masha kind of sees it. He's just like one of those like, rich guys who kind of just throws money at these resorts just to like go chill in there for a little bit. I don't think he was really trying to like reinvent himself when he first came here. He was probably just like you know. Trying to get like a luxury experience or something. For Frances, she wanted, I think she was going through like a bad drop in her career. And then she was like not feeling super slay and all that, especially because she had like, she kind of just got screwed over by some online guy who scammed her out of like a ton of money. <laughs> and then, so she was feeling pretty betrayed and all that, um, heartbroken, I guess you could say. And then she saw this like ad for the Tranquillum House and it was like, oh, there's some like rebirth she was like she saw like the nice idea of like taking a break of like reforming yourself and i think she was just kind of drawn to that and she was like hey you know might as well and then the really fit couple who like won the lottery their experience as a couple was like kind of deteriorating or something um obviously with the family they had like some trauma from their son they want to take a break i guess everything outside just like relax a little bit so i think you could say that like everyone in this story was kind of like going through some pretty hard times And they kind of just wanted to, like, come over here and, like, chill in a resort and hope it would, like, help them resolve their issues or something. Out of the nine Perfect Strangers characters, who did you find to be the most fascinating and whose personality journey in the book resonated with you the most? Does the nine Perfect Strangers characters include, like, Masha or does it have to be the guests? Mm, I don't think it really matters. Just, like, which one did you find the most fascinating just in all? Honestly, I think at first I was probably the most fascinated with Masha because I was like, dang. <laughs> like, because like, in the beginning of the book, it starts with her literally just like working as her like some corporate CEO and then like getting a heart attack and stuff. But then like, you know, skip forward just a little bit later and then she's suddenly like, you know, the most fit queen that you could like ever like, you know, see. And like they describe her as like glowing and all that. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, you know, she had like, you know, she like worked on it. She's got like the self-discipline that I wish I had. <laughs> yeah, like she was definitely like pretty fascinating to me, especially when they started like going into like some people would almost saw her as like intimidating, maybe a little bit overzealous, I think, as the book description even called it. So yeah, she was definitely the character I was the most interested in, I think, in like learning about more and hopefully getting like a glimpse into like her mindset and all that. Personality-wise... Honestly, to be fair, I think in the beginning of the book, I might have been like Lars. If I was like in this situation, I think I would just be here to like chill as well. Like, because I haven't like gone through the struggles, like the really serious struggles, you know, that like the other people have gone through. Like, I don't have a failing author career, nor am I like, you know, a crippled athlete, nor did I lose a family member. So I feel like, <laughs> honestly, like Lars, who was kind of just here to chill, that might have just been me. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you. And you talk about the concept of rebirth in the book. And are there any characters who actually experience this? I think with the word rebirth comes like a lot of different like, I guess like implications. It's like rebirth almost like makes you sound like you're like an entirely new person or it's like, 
like you could associate the word rebirth with like oh you're a completely new person or rebirth with like oh you're a phoenix rising from the ashes kind of rebirth and i feel like for a lot of these characters it was more like the latter kind i guess that's kind of like what the author might want to like kind of show us a little bit like you know oh people are like kind of just like getting over it like and i think this is like where the concept of like almost rebirth comes in but i feel like rather than rebirth it's more like reformation like more like they change themselves rather than like becoming new people masha's past trauma seems to play a big role in her actions in the middle of the story you said that she loses her mind how do you think somebody's past shapes their future based on this story I don't think there's actually any direct correlation between the past and the future. It's really just like what impact the past has on that person and how they take those experiences to face the future, which is like super corny. (laughs) But that's essentially what I believe. And um, yeah, I think in the case of Masha, for sure, like her past trauma, like obviously trauma like screws up your mind. There's like so many disorders, mental disorders and all that that are just like related to like past trauma and all that. In the case of the mind, like, it's very difficult to, like, force the human brain to behave. When you go through traumatic experiences, it's, like, obviously your brain might associate anything related with that traumatic experience as, like, danger. And obviously, like, you know, humans at their core are, like, animals with, like, survival instincts in a danger sense. And I feel like this is, like, personally, I feel like Masha is, like, terrified of her past. I think she's scared of becoming the person who she used to be. When she's kind of, like, losing self-control, she starts eating Doritos and she's like, oh, man, this is really, like, the worst. This is, like, so bad. And she's, like, thinking about how she's gonna, like, throw it all up later. And I feel like a lot of times in, like, what encourages people to grow is make maybe like their dislike for their past or the dislike for their past experiences or past self and to avoid that maybe you know they try to change themselves in the future i really like this paragraph from your book notes and i'd like to share it with our friends here you wrote coming from a dump of misery tragedy and self-loathing characters suddenly opening their hearts and embracing the future gives the reader a fluffy optimistic wholesome feeling it gives the reader hope that no matter how old you are where you are in life there's always a way to move on and there are always new chapters in your life to reach so the book gives a message of hope and moving forward how does this theme resonate with you personally i think it's also like you know like i hear this stuff from my mom too sometimes or from other people it's like oh you're never too, it's never too late to turn to like you know turn your life around and all that and sometimes i think like obviously this is like really pretentious coming from like a 15 year old who has like you know a quarter of the life experience of other people But sometimes I do feel like it's, oh, I'm not taking AP calculus right now. What chance do I have for the future? Like, and I think when I read this book, it definitely like helped me a little bit with that mindset. It's like, okay, like number one, um, this is all in the past and you can't like do anything about it. Like, I'm sure everyone has regrets. I feel like the earlier you cover from like, oh, getting stuck in the past and the more you think about, oh, I need to fix my, like, you know, fix myself before I face the future. I think then that gives you more time to like, you know, to like sort of trial and error experiment what works for you like make you succeed in certain areas of your life there's always new chapters in my life to reach like i'm still 15 i still have a lot ahead of me <laughs> bro just ended it with a woo, woo. <laughs> another thing that you wrote in your book notes is like you shared a quote from the comedian george carlin it stated just when i discovered the meaning of life they changed it to be honest i don't fully understand what like this means so i want to see how you interpret this quote and how do you think this quote sets the tone for the story? This quote, I didn't even notice it. I don't think the first time I read this entire book. Um, I think going back, because I was writing a book review for this, I was like, okay, if I'm writing a book review, I might as well like go back and reread some of it. And this is the first time I noticed that quote. And I'll be honest, I like, completely changed my perspective of that book. Because like without it, it's just like, oh, 
some guys are like oh they're so depressed some guys are like unhappy some they go into like a resort they almost die there's a crazy like supervisor oh and then they come out of fine oh they're all happy this book i don't think they're necessarily offering a meaning of life i think they're just offering a mindset in which to view like the so-called meaning of life because like especially with this quote it's like you know, the meaning of life is always changing. Like, there is no meaning. You can never find, like, a true meaning of life. Like, you're kind of just here. You're just chilling. You don't have to have a purpose. Like, most of the time, I don't think people really know what their meaning is, especially because, like, stuff keeps changing. Something that's inevitable in life is going to be changed. So, like, why settle for, why try to stick to some meaning when, like, your life is going to keep changing anyway? Wow, (laughs) that's a lot of taken. Okay, thank you. I have one last question. If you could ask the author one question about the book, what would it be? Maybe inspiration for each character. And maybe I would want to like clear up what she thinks, you know, the relevance of that intro quote from like the comedian is. Would you recommend this book to your friends? Yeah, I have a couple of friends I would recommend it to. But I think it would just be a good try for like anyone to read. No matter how like, I don't know, like crushing your life seems to be. I think it might just be fun to read. You know, this kind of book can just be like, you know, it can be like entertainment or it can be like a life lesson. Well, it looks like our time is up for today's conversation about Nine Perfect Strangers. I'm so happy that I can have my friend Mia coming to the show and sharing her insights with us. Remember, a book like this isn't just a read. It's a journey that sparks ideas and conversations. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to join us next time for more book adventures. Again, thank you, Mia. I hope you will come back to the show soon. Yay!